He covers the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he is the host of the Dane Moore NBA podcast. We welcome Dane Moore onto Hoopsology. How's it going, Dane? Good, Justin. Thank you for having me. Always, always down to chat some poop. Nice. So um, some late-breaking news that has happened, I, I believe, a couple of minutes ago, um, dealing with uh, Malik Beasley. Um, he was just sentenced to, I believe, 120 days, um, I believe, to serve his sentence to a October charge. And I just wanted to ask you, this last night, he had a monster game against the Dallas Mavericks. And I was listening to your podcast. In your, I believe, in your opinion, you believe he plays a massive role with the Timberwolves with Carl Anthony Towns being out. And then with him being gone for this foreseeable amount of time, and we're not even counting the NBA possibly taking action towards him, um, what kind of a hit is this? to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know they're, they're last at the Western Conference, so how bad can things possibly get? But um, what do you think the ramifications are with, with him missing a, a lot of time potentially? We're, we're starting on a somber note here. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, well, so, so to clear a few things up, um, sure. you know, it, the, the 120 days that he's going to have to serve uh, won't start until the summer after the Got season. Got it. Okay. Understood. So, so this is, and this has been expected. Um, okay. This was, this was coming for a while now, um, you know, without re- litigating the whole litigation process. Um, you know, this, this, again, this was, this was expected and the league has been waiting for a sentencing to come before laying down a suspension um, on Malik. And so I don't, don't know when exactly that will be, but, you know, I've heard a, a couple games are probably going to be levied against him. Um, but, you know, that, like you said, that's kind of been far for the course this year at the Wolves. They've missed, they missed Carlante Towns for 20 of the 24 games. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's been in and out of the lineup. Um, yeah, and they've, they've really they've really fallen apart this year. But the, the one solid part of this team, night in and night out, is, has been Malik Beasley. And he's been, you know, he's, he's been incredible um, and, and very consistent. A player that would be very, very good on any team in the NBA because – he is an elite shooter, and and that was kind of I think only theoretical maybe, kind of coming into the year. People saw a little bit of what he did in Denver, or like the 14 games after the trade deadline last year, and you know, and now people are seeing like, oh no, this guy, this guy's legit, and and he's he's been he's been massive this year, and he's he's kind of he's become the best player and the leader of the Timberwolves this year. What do you make of this season overall in terms of, I guess, taking the record seriously of teams that are struggling just because of, of the pandemic? Um, under normal circumstances, I, I think it's safely to say um, it's it's fair to judge a team uh, performing pretty poorly at the beginning of the season to see how it's going to result after the All-Star break, et cetera. But, I mean, we have teams missing games because of COVID. Um, we just have, you know, the other players are affected through contract tracing. Is even though the Timberwolves, granted, they, they are struggling, is it fair to really hammer them in terms of their, their struggles? Um, or, or is it possibly fair just to give them a pass this season and to really just kind of see if they can become more cohesive and then judge them next season when things are a lot more stable, possibly? Yeah, I mean, you have to adjust expectations, right? Um, I mean, for, for the Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns and DeAndre Russell have been on the same team for over a year now, and they've only played in five games together. Um, so it would be illogical to not account for that at the same time. I don't want to get too carried away and delete expectations for this team and, you know, and forgive everything. I don't think, 
I mean, I don't think they should clearly be the worst team in the NBA, and they've clearly been the worst team in the NBA. You should be held accountable for that, you know, to 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 some degree. But I think it is very important to to understand for people who are not watching the Timberwolves day in day out that the way their roster is constructed, the way they their offensive system is constructed, and the way their defensive system is constructed is totally based on Carl Anthony Towns. So you remove him from the picture. And to me, it's not surprising to see the bottom fall out. You don't, they didn't have a backup infrastructure in place here to, to not have a guy who can shoot 10 threes in a game and make 40% of them to not have a, a rim defender. I mean, they don't have, they don't have any other big players on their team. So am I surprised that they're getting destroyed in the paint? No. Um, and, and offensively, like, okay, you, you were supposed to have a team that was predicated on high ball screen action with Towns and Rubio or Towns and Russell. Well, now you're asking Russell and Rubio to be independent isolators. That's not their skill sets. Like, I, I, I'm not in the least surprised that they've removed Carl Towns from the lineup for 20 games, that, that they've become a terrible team. Mm. Um, but – there's got to be like some pride there. You've still got to see progress over the course of the year. I think that's the the duty of the coach, the duty of the players, the duty of the front office. And it's kind of debatable whether or not we've seen that. And speaking of Carl Anthony Towns, I, I dare to say he's been hit by the pandemic the most in terms of his family. Um, when he does make his return, I, I, and this might be an unfair question to ask, but from this, a mental standpoint, how do you think he will be able to to cope with that, knowing that he, you know, he, I believe, got COVID himself, and it's everything he's been through with just being on the court be kind of a refuge for him to kind of escape all that and to really pour all of his energy and just to helping this Timberwolves this season? Or do you think this might be a lingering thing which might, you know, affect his performance on the court due to all these outside factors? Well, he has said on the record that basketball is therapy and basketball will not be a refuge for him. He said that before the season. And um, so his answer is more important than mine. Sure. Absolutely. But I think it will be. I, I, I think that's human nature. I think there's power and distraction. Um, and, and I think there's, there's power in you know, doing something you love. Um, so, so I, I would, I would, for his sake, I, I would hope that Carl, um, is able to find some refuge in this and, and is able to, you know, to, to have some fun, man. Cause he hasn't been, I don't know. A lot of people don't follow the Timberwolves very closely, but you know, being at target center night and night out around him for years now, this hasn't been very fun for him for a while. Um, you know, really dating back to before the, the, the Jimmy Butler era, um, he was Carl, used to be a lot more joyful than um, than what we see lately. And there's, there's a bunch of different factors that contribute to that, but he's a really nice person, man. Uh, he's a good kid. And um, I want him to be happier. And, and I hope, I hope that basketball can, you know, can play, can play a role in it because this team certainly needs him to do that. For sure. Yeah. He, he has a very like friendly demeanor and also he, 
he comes off very relatable. Just um, I, I saw a video with him. Like I believe some tech yeah. YouTubers built him his own computer um, for her playing. Uh, I guess he's a big gamer. So I, mm-hmm. he just seems very relatable to just a common fan. Um, I, I want to get to Anthony Edwards. Um, he struggled for the beginning of the season around 16 games. It's really picked it up, um, averaging around like 18 points a game fairly lately. What do you make of his progress so far? And do you see him perhaps – being a, a contributing role on this team and, and maybe, you know, picking up the spirits of Carl Anthony Towns as, hey, this is this new guy, this new component on this team. What do you make of this progress so far? I mean, he's just a really fun kid, too. Like, he's, he's been he's been one of the bright spots just for us. You know, I, I, I'm very – it stinks not being able to be in the locker room and stuff anymore, right? And, um, you know, to, to that end, it, you know, I haven't really got to, to know him that much. But he's he's great in these Zoom interviews and stuff that we do. And, yeah, just an enigmatic personality. And I am I am excited to see how that meshes. Because I'm a big believer that personalities matter in roster construction. And, you know, in the big picture, I am – it should really matter how Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns then, you know – relate and Delo and Malik and all that. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see that, but, but yeah, for, for Anthony, it's been what a weird year to come to the NBA. Um, you know, when I, when I talk to people kind of, or have been talking to people around the league uh, over the course of Edwards's time here, that's just like at the beginning, like, well, what can you expect? I mean, without the summer league, like without summer league. And I think people forget that it like normally goes summer league, and then you you go to your city for like a while, the end of summer slash fall, and you're working out there the whole time. Then you have an extended like month-long training camp. And then you go start playing a longer preseason. And for him, no summer league. You missed that window in there of two months of being around the team. Plus training camp didn't exist. They played three preseason games. So it's a... Uh, you know, he just wasn't going to be able to be what he is right now at the beginning of the season. So I, I do think it's encouraging. We've seen development from him he's clearly freaky physically and and I think he's starting to iron out some of the the things that weren't contributing to winning at the beginning of the year shot selection you know shooting poor percentage getting you know losing his man on defense a lot like some of those sort of things are slowly starting to you know to go away and I'm you know I'm just curious to see when when he's puts it like together enough. So he's clearly a winning player night in night out because they can't really afford to have these like four for 16 shooting performances every other night. If he's going to be one of the main contributors, like you're probably going to lose if you're your main guy shooting the most shots is making 20, 25% of them. So there's more development to be had there, but I don't think you can, you know, I don't think anybody can look at what Edwards has done this year and be disappointed. And I wanted to ask you, just because a lot of the guests, I posed this question to them, in terms of what it's like covering the NBA in the midst of this pandemic, and most of them had kind of negative things, just depressing things to say. So I'll give you some positives. Yeah, yeah, please. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, what are the positives? Yeah, absolutely. Please. You can do so much more. You can, like, you can, I mean, whether you're a writer or a podcaster or any sort of content creation, I mean, I think... I think what, what people probably don't understand, if you are a like a, a beat media person, how much time you spend at the facility during normal times. Um, for for pra- you're there at practice, you're there before practice, you're waiting to get your time in, in there. At games, you know, get to games at four o'clock. You don't leave the game until eleven o'clock. I mean, there's 
so much time spent at the facility during normal times, which is great. I love all that, but, but you cut that all out now. And, and instead of, you know, instead of needing to drive down to the facility to be there at shoot around at 11, like 11 in the morning, I could roll out of bed at 10 30 and sure. sit down here on my computer and you know, it's the exact same thing, you know? So, mm-hmm. so it should be, I think as a fan of the NBA, a consumer, you should be expecting more and better content from your, from your content producers because well, more content, maybe not better because sure. we don't have the, we don't have the access as much. And I think that that hurts. Like, I don't feel, I obviously feel like I'm the least in relationship with the players this year than I have been any other year, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's easier to do and it's more accessible um, with the video from, you know, it's just, they send us the video of the zoom afterwards. We could clip it and put it on YouTube or put it on social media and all those sort of things. So um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a, it's a situation where everyone, you have to make the best of it, but there is a make the best of it that, that is possible. What type of things once the pandemic is over, would you like to stick around in terms of your ex, how this paradigm is for you talking yeah. to the players? Like once things get back to normal, are there any things like, you, hey, this is cool. Let's stick with this. Even if when things get back to normal, I think um, I think we'll all be much more comfortable with Zoom, okay. um, and so I think like I, I think for for example, for me with my podcast, I used to always do it in studio, you know, prior to this or in person with somebody with like my remote gear, and and now and I was like, oh, you know, we're doing it over Zoom. That will make it like you talk, I talk. But now I feel like we've all become very comfortable with that myself and the players too. So I think it'd be very it'll be a lot easier in the future to, if I wanted to have a player on to do an interview or something like that, just be like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just shoot you the zoom link. And, you know, we'll, we'll do that. Like that we've built, I think we've all built some, you know, some comfort with that. Uh, as far as like access goes as, you know, as a reporter, it's very important for me and my colleagues, like livelihood to be able to provide some inside information, sure. like, that's what you're paying us for. And, and really not that much of this is, you know, staying behind the curtain. So I kind of want more of it to go, you know, to go back that way selfishly. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think like all of these media sessions should always be recorded and, you know, put on YouTube and stuff and, and yeah. put on social media so people can see, like, I feel like this year everyone's like, Oh, here's Draymond Green talking <laughs> post game. Like normally that would be only if somebody had like a cell phone camera and, you know, we got like the side of his chin or something (laughs) like that. Like this is, I don't know, it's 2021. Like let's put some cameras in front of, in front of people when they have microphones. I I don't know. Like that didn't happen a lot of the time before we would just be holding our, be holding our little plastic recorders in front of people, no cameras. So then we have to, you know, transcribe the quote and put it on, on Twitter or something or in our articles, people are like, well, I wish I could have seen him say that. So Cameras should stick her out <laughs> permanently. Um, and, and just finally, we're approaching possibly seeing an all-star game. Um, there's been opposition. There's been positivity towards having this. Where's your position on this? Just because 
there's been um, some proposals in terms of the game benefiting historically black colleges and the pandemic relief, but as shown by several players, including LeBron James, they they are not down in playing this game at all. So, so do you one? Do you think it's best for the fans and the, the league as a whole to actually have some kind of an All Star game? And two, do you think it's fair to the players to? actually proceed as as normally would with an all-star game and not only that but i even heard there might be still a slam dunk in a three-point competition which is just wild to me but uh what what do you make of that so i think it's like i think it's important for people to know what life is like for the players today in comparison to what it is like normally um and obviously they got millions and millions of dollars to do this so like I, they could deal with hardship, but at the same time, I think it's important to know that like when they go on, like the wolves just went to golden state um, last play you know, for two games against the warriors last week and California is like super shut down. So I think they were there for like four or five days and the players are literally not allowed to leave their hotel room unless, you know, unless they're at the stadium for the, for the game. And that's, you know, that's a lot of these road trips for, for these players. And and, you know, to some extent, even though they're getting millions of dollars for that, like, they are leaving, living very, you know, secluded lives. They're having to show up at the facility at 7 a.m. every day to, like, take tests and all this and that. I think I think it's reasonable to to just give the players a week off and, and not do the All-Star game, you know, to that end. Or, or like, I think it should be up to them, put it like that. If, if Braun speaks for everyone and, and that's, like, that's what his stance is on it. Like, I don't know if they, if they want to do it, if they want to do it for the benefit of the pandemic, for the benefit of HBCUs, then yeah, like then do it. But that should be, those are obviously great things, but let's, I don't know. In this case, I kind of side with the players and like, let them choose. Like, Let's have some, let's have some discourse here between the players association. And I mean, there must be a discourse right going on, but why it is weird to hear Braun so opposed to it. Yeah, it, it's bizarre because, you know, Chris Paul is the head of the Players Association, and I, I was under the impression, um, at least from a, you know, media standpoint that they're really good friends so just to see them kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum on that is just yeah. bizarre i see um, i think i think cp sees the dollar signs or understands okay. the dollar signs a little bit more because like at the end of the day right the there's all this revenue in the league there's like three billion dollars right on a normal year and the players get 51 percent of it and the owners get 49 percent of it sure so yeah. it's like chris paul goes well we're gonna i don't know what the numbers are if he says we're there's gonna be another $250 million put into that pot if we do an all-star game. And he's like, I can do the math on that. That's 125 yeah. for us. Like, I think, I think that's an important thing in general for people to understand with all of this is that the NBA is losing. A, it doesn't have a lot of revenue here this year. And that's not just for the owners. Literally half of that is, it, you know, impacts, impacts the players too. So it makes sense for them to want to be, Scrapping, scrapping back a hundred million here and a hundred million dollars there. Like, you know, they gotta, they want to get paid with their, yeah. with their salaries. So. For sure. Well, D- Dane, thank you very much for joining me uh, and chatting some uh, Timberwolves. Really appreciate it. Please plug where our listeners and viewers can find you on on social media and what else you're working on, in inclusion of your your podcast that you're doing. Yeah. Um. So so this year I am. I'm covering the Timberwolves full-time via podcast, um, which is 
which is new and different, but very pandemic. Um, so my, my podcast is is all Timberwolves um, focused, and I uh, I take my the the, I, the approach I bring to it is the same way I by the approach I brought to beat writing, which is you know I use quotes and stuff on on gamers um, from players and just plug in the audio rather than writing in the quotes like I used to. Um, and then, you know, and then I do longer form things like I would columns as well. So I'm having fun, um, trying something new this year. That's the Dane Moore NBA podcast, um, for, for all my Timberwolves coverage. And you can just follow me on Twitter at Dane Moore NBA. Awesome. Thanks Dane for uh, joining me. Really appreciate it. Anytime, man. Thank you.